0: Hey friends, uh, welcome back to our next episode of uh, Being Well, uh, where me and, Matt, me and Matt Stackhouse are just chatting through what does it mean to, to live, uh, live life well, what does it mean to have well-being uh, as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, um, through Corona, through lockdown, that maybe has brought things up. Um, even though as we're transitioning out of that, but that's brought things up in our lives. Um, that uh, brought things up in our lives that you know maybe need to be addressed. And so for this episode and for the next few, maybe we're talking about the idea of sin. And um, in an episode that we re- recorded a, a couple weeks ago, um, even longer than that ago, maybe. That we, we talked about this idea, and it didn't make it into the episode, but we did talk about this idea uh, of sin and sin being something um, that we don't realize how much it affects us and it affects our well being, it affects uh, our personal relationships and our relationship with God. And, and often we don't realize the effect that it has on us. And, and just to open us up, I want to just read this quote from John Ortberg um, from his book. Um, god is closer than you think and it reads psychologists who deal with the study of perception refer to a phenomenon called habituation the idea is that when a new object or stimulus is introduced to our environment we are intensely aware of it but the awareness fades over time so for instance when we first begin to wear a new wristwatch we feel it on our wrist constantly but after a while, we don't even notice that it's there. When people move into a new home, they generally have a list of things they must repair or remodel because the side of them is intolerable. Five years later, they may still have the same list, but the lack of repair doesn't bother them anymore. And what we want to open with is just the that idea is that sin often uh, jarring at first, but that as it over time, we become less and less aware maybe of certain uh, certain things. Uh, uh, what's the word, Matt? What certain the effect that those things can have on us? Um, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts, Matt?
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me back. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad to be here and share my thoughts on a subject that, um, well, I, I know a little bit about <laughs> just just because of my my age and, and yeah. time and pr- time to think about it. But um, yeah, I suppose what you said there about. Um, Habits that begin to shape us, and we we don't recognize the way that they shape us now. Whether it's something you know, like that we intended on fixing, and then we just get used to it, or some sort of kind of thorn that we are, is really painful at first, but then we grow used to it in in ways that we never thought we could. Which is in part maybe a skill because we can adapt to different kind of. Uh, Things in, in ways that you know previous um, would kind of take someone out, but I suppose the analogy of sin um, is is, and I want to be careful because sin can can be defined as you know just the kind of naughty things that we do in secret um, that we may think we're going to getting away with, but the reality is, is that those choices habitual or not at first, um, they begin to shape us. They're, they begin to shape our loves, what we grow to be affectionate about, um, and our desires. And um, the Bible's got a lot to say about that.
0: So we are being, because we are being shaped. Uh, we are being shaped all the time. Uh, and we should be aware of what we are being shaped by. And often we aren't aware.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and so, so being aware of the way that our habits form um, what we what we love what we draw significance and identity from that's
0: really critical yeah what do you what do you mean by that what we draw significance and identity from i think there might be a disconnect between oh okay well i have this bad habit i mean it could be you know from porn to to but even to gossip or whatever it is, and then seeing, well, how do my people might not make a connection to? Well, this is how I'm getting my identity, or where, where I'm getting my identity from. Where do you think? What's that connection?
1: Mm. So, so just just before, I guess I was, I, you know, sin is, um, I guess on a on a biblical level is defined by missing the mark. You know, mm. um, we, we we simply. Um, aren't up to scratch. But the minute that we, the minute we just go, oh, I'm never going to be enough or I'm never good enough. Um, and we focus on, on that as its only definition. I, I think that can be um, one dimensional, but sin is, is something that is connected to our flesh. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's also the things that we worship because we're, we are worshipers. We're um, it's like our hearts are a like a fire hose that's stuck on. And, Whatever direction that's pointed to will be the object of our worship. So um, we're designed to to for that hose, that fire hose, to be pointed to God, and um, and our worship towards Him, and that that life comes out of that. You know, I think of seek first the kingdom of God, and all the things that you want and you think you want. Those are added because God. God provides them at the right time and the right ways, but if we seek those things ahead of God, or we we direct our worship, um, that that's referred to as idolatry, and all our idols shape us. Yes. So whether it's you know what, what pornography or or even or greed, let's take that for example. You know, yeah. you 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 begin um, with a, an interest in accumulating wealth and you begin to organize the patterns of your life around the accumulation of wealth, right? Whether it's, an, it could just be investing or, or job in uh, finding a job that, that pays well. And those aren't bad in themselves, but it's when the love of money becomes, it's got this kind of grip on us, and which, you know, the Bible talks about being, it's that love of money, it's the root of all kinds of evil, because it has the way of shaping us to become, becoming greedy and, and when we meet people that are like, oh, they're actually, they have an ulterior motive. They, they want to accumulate more and more wealth, even if they, they're they already opulent, they live in opulence. Um, that's an example of the way the the desire for more can shape us.
0: Yeah. So you're saying where we point the, the fire hose, that is our heart. Um, that is what we are. Be- that's what we are focusing on. That is what we are becoming. Like so, our firehose the fire yeah you know, all of that analogy just we're a, what would you say it's a um like we're a firehouse that isn't turned off that's our heart and that's yeah we're pointing our attention yeah
1: and and as we point our attention we're just saying that thing that i'm pointing my attention to is worthy of of my affections my my worship so i mean yeah. that, that, that that's a bit of a um you know all kind of analogies break down on some level, but yes. if you' if you're looking at if you're looking at like say sin as idolatry, um, you know the tragedy would be that we would think, oh idolatry was something, something they did back in antiquity when they had something carved out of stone or wood, but nowadays we don't have that well that's that's a lie from the pit of hell because we're all worshipers, and whether if that's not God, then it's pointed towards An idol, which which may be good a good thing, but the problem is that sin takes a good thing and makes it an ultimate thing.
0: Mm. How do you become aware of what those things are? Because some people might be listening, and I think often, uh, you know, I'm listening to a message, and someone might talk about, you know, they might talk about sin and and that. I'm like, oh, but I'm doing pretty good, you know. Mm. And actually, when I Mm. when I hear that, and when when you hear those things. I'm not thinking of myself. I'm thinking of the person sitting next to me. I'm totally. Mim sitting next to me is like, yeah, she needs help on her. Side. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't mean Mim need help. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, and how, like, what do you think, you know, and that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks is knowing ourselves, how to know ourselves, the importance of knowing ourselves, and how to lead ourselves. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: how do we How do you become aware of those things? Because I think often, it's like those sins that are that we're worshiping that are they that um we're putting our attention to that they're the ones that are under the surface that we're like oh we're not realizing the effect they have on us Mm. they're in Mm. our blind side um and we don't we don't realize how how big of an effect they're having because we don't we don't see we don't see that they are having an effect yeah how do you become aware of those things Oh, God help us all to become aware of those
1: things. I mean, I think that that example that you just gave is is, is brilliant, right? Let's let us ask that question seriously. How often do we, uh, maybe we're thinking about an issue that, that people might struggle with, and our first thought is such and such, someone else who wrestles with that. And rather than um, say pity, which we might feel at some stage, we actually feel pride that we might not struggle in that way. Mm. So, I mean, I think of Luke 18, so the tax collector um, and the Pharisee, they both come to the temple and the Pharisee actually says, God, I thank you that I'm not like tax collectors. Right. And I thank you that and we, and we do it all the time, don't we? I, I thank you, God, that I'm not like that fat person over there. Or I thank you, God, that I'm not, I'm not, you know, we do it. We just, yeah, okay. our hearts, yeah. like, we got, we got to be honest, right? Yeah. Well, I thank you that, that I that I can do something that they can't, or yeah. you know, my skin's a different color. Or my, you, you name it, right? Our yeah. hearts, you know, if we're honest about the the good and the evil that runs straight through the center of all human human hearts, yes. then then that's recognized by a uh, good lipness test is is just our pride, the, the ease with which we look at others and go, oh, thank God I'm not them. And then of course this, you know, Matt Jesus goes on in, in Luke 18, and he says. Then the tax collector gets up and beats his breasts and he says, oh God, I have mercy on me. I'm a sinner, right? Yeah. So the degree to which we recognize not just the damage that our sin does to us, which is the whole premise of knowing ourselves so that we can lead ourselves, right? Like, oh, I realize that I, I have a particular propensity towards this hang up or this addiction or whatever, you know, Pride, knowing yourself—that's that, that, the point, right? Is—is is you recognize that this is the thing you struggle with, mm. but then, but then, actually re- repenting on, uh, about it and saying, "God, I—I I just realized I am—I am in no position to sit in judgment over someone else, even if I can say what they're doing is—is is wicked or sinful, which we—which we are actually called to judge sin itself, but not judging people, right? Mm. Because the minute we do, we we're, we're, we condemn ourselves because we do the same things. I mean, it's clear in Romans; it, it's clear that you know when we when we do that, we we actually take for granted the kindness of God that leads to repentance, mm. right? And so, um, I don't know that there's a trick to coming to terms with that, except um, realizing how subtle and pervasive our own sin and pride is. To go, wow, I. I actually think I'm pretty amazing. I think we, we talked about this last time, right? Like we actually look at ourselves and go, actually, I'm pretty sweet. I haven't done those things that people really dislike, you know, yeah. slept around or, you know, been on blinders or, you know, dealing drugs or whatever. And actually that's, what, that's what's so, so life-giving about, say, the teachings of Jesus where he says, you know, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I tell you. Don't look lustfully. The minute you've looked lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Yeah. So he takes he takes the the law itself, and he and he pushes it into the center of the human heart, and says, "You're totally guilty. We are all totally guilty."
0: Oh, yeah. um, I love that he takes the law and he pushes it. It's, it's not he takes the law that's just that's actions based, and he puts it into the hearts of like if you've done this, you've if you've done the least of these things, you've done it. And it's just mm. it's it's about the heart attitude. It's about the heart um, orientation. Um, yes, and I think I just think it's so necessary. It's like it's a pride thing, really. Like we we blind ourselves with pride, saying, "Oh, I'm not that bad. I'm not this. I'm not that." But they quite. I guess my question is like, how do you how do you become humble? You know, mm. how do you become humble enough to be able to see those things? Because if we're not humble, we won't see. We won't see what's going on. And how do we? How do you get humble? Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean,
1: I think humility um, is is when we, we recognize uh, who we are, a, a, a sober assessment of ourselves, right? Where, where we're just, we're not fooling ourselves and we can be honest. I, I, I don't know about getting humble because I think sometimes we actually need to be confronted with something that is so much better, right? So much more pure, so much more kind of amazing that we go, wow, look at, this really highlights my, my shortcomings. Now we, we can do that with people all the time, right? We, we look at them and go, oh, gosh, they're, I don't know, they're much better than I am. But actually, you know, the point of that is to look at God or to, you know, yes. to, to, to look at Jesus, right? And go, wow, I, when I look at who he is, what he's, what he's done, um, I'm either deeply offended, and, and and actually I think this is where the whole discussion of grace is so important, because grace, the unmerited favor of God, is actually incredibly unfair. Like, it's scandalous, right? That my sin, my pride, all the things I've done, every motive could, could actually be weighed by God, and I would be found so profoundly wanting, I so deserve, to be judged by God The law of perfection, like James chapter two, verses like eight to twelve, you know, the the perfect law, right, talks about that that if I'm just guilty in one area, I've broken the whole law. This is the thing that that we do, we 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 must kind of come to terms with within kind of you know the Christian tradition, where we we're really called to think deeply about our, our lives and our actions. I think, for the purpose of bringing us to a place where we go, I've got nothing but to fall on the grace and the mercy of God, which triumphs over judgment. Um, because I recognize that judgment is is what I what I really deserve. Mm-hmm. Um, now that that that's a big stretch, and I, I think for some people that are like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to lead myself and you know pay the bills and things like that. It, it is important to look at, say, the concept of sin. In, in some different ways or different angles that help us to go, oh, that's it. I've, I've spotted it. That's what I need um, not to manage, but to confess and repent of and ask God for his grace to transform me. Because uh, anything less than that is, is works-based religion. And you don't have to look far to, look, to find heaps of that. And even within, say, Christianity, there's levels of kind of fundamentalism or um, pharisaicalism that are all about behavior management or sin management rather than saying let's let's get to the heart of what what what, what's going on and 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 repent and repentance is this like glorious thing Um, i remember you know if you ever um you know knew much about say the 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 reformation in the, in the 1500s and Luther writes these 95 theses and bangs them on, nails them to the door in Wittenberg, at the church in Wittenberg. The first one he writes is that all of life is repentance. And we don't like that. We're like, Oh, repentance. Oh, that's a bit stuffy and religious. But actually that that was the preface for the rest of the, of his theses is to say, we, we're so easily convinced that we've got it. We figured it all out that we're, we're somehow the authority that we know the truth that it's all self-righteousness mm. and man we, we we need to call it out for what it is and, and go
0: oh god I need, I need your grace I've, I've got nothing here so we've decided to split this episode into two parts and uh, I'd like to just finish on that note um, God I need your help Uh, and we come to repentance as it's a joyful as i was saying a glorious thing where actually it's life giving and come to him just from saying god i need your help and it's not a chastising it's not putting and shaming ourselves but it's this thing where it's this redeeming thing this glorious thing that brings life Uh, so i'd love to leave us with that today to say well what is God calling you to come in repentance to Him uh, about? Uh, what is He calling you to? It, it, as something that's going to bring joy and life, even if it is difficult. Um, so I'd like to pray and leave us with that. And then we'll have the part two of this conversation uh, in a couple of weeks. Father, thank you that we uh, can come to you joyfully to repent. Not ashamed, not sorrowful, not... Um, not like trying to beat ourselves up, but truly uh, realizing how inept we are uh, to have joy on our own. Truly, how inept we are to um, to live well on our own, and come and just say, God, I need you so much. Bring joy where there isn't joy. Heal the parts of me that are looking for for life, uh, where it's where where it's not you. Heal those parts of us, Father. Come to you with that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.